Welcome to episode nine of The Complete Works, season three, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeohiverse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike Tricio. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just great. I'm excited uh, for another episode here at the Yeopod. I think this will be a fun one again. Yeah, I think uh, we'll have an interesting time talking about this movie. Uh, I think there's some fun stuff to be had here for sure. Before we get into the Michelle Yeoh movie today, though, I do want to mention that I saw a new Nicolas Cage movie this week, Mike. What? Yes, exactly. So uh, Nicolas Cage, who, of course, is the subject of season one of The Complete Works, so we are obligated to do an episode on every Nick Cage movie that comes out, uh, you know, kind of interspersed throughout this Michelle Yeoh season, right? In perpetuity forever until we we or he dies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Nicolas Cage uh, last year made two movies that were shot in Montana. He filmed two movies in Montana back to back, the first of which just played the Montana Film Festival, uh, which is held at the Roxy Theater here in Missoula, the inner theater in my house in Missoula, Montana, where I also happen to work. <laughs> oh, you usually don't get to bust that out here on the Complete Works pod. Yeah, usually that's a uh, Mike might go to the movies thing, but the Roxy Theater is the indie theater here in Missoula. I've been going there for years. Like, ever since I've moved here, I've been like a very regular person at the Roxy. I now work at the Roxy. I'm the operations manager over there. Uh, and so I was uh, helping out with the Montana Film Festival this year uh, and really putting that on, which was, uh, you know, you, you really, once you get behind the scenes, you see how much of a Herculean effort it is to put a film festival on. Yeah. <laughs> Even one that's like, you know, on a relatively smaller scale, like the Montana Film Festival compared to, you know, Sundance or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but MTFF had seven feature films and several shorts that were in there. There were many different events. There was trivia. There was after parties, all this kind of cool stuff. But we were able to get Butcher's Crossing and uh, actually have it as the American premiere of the movie. Wow. Which was very cool. So Butcher's Crossing is a new Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, I don't believe it has any kind of release date yet, but I wanted to kind of throw it out there that I have seen a new Nick Cage movie and uh, Mike D has not gotten the chance to watch it yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not uh, available yet. Um, but when it becomes regularly available, we'll be doing a complete works pod episode on it. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And my kind of initial thoughts on it at the moment, right now, I think it is okay. <laughs> all right, we take that. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I think Nick Cage is very good in it. Um, so okay. it's got that going for it for sure. Uh, and I think it's actually it has a really interesting uh, message at the end. And I think the ending is sort of tragically, cosmically funny, but not in a way I'm sure the movie necessarily intended. Um, but there's some really interesting stuff happening here. And actually, the movie was followed by a Q&A uh, at the Roxy, not with Nicolas Cage, although that would be insane. <laughs> uh, but uh, there was a Q&A afterwards in which uh, two members of the Blackfeet Nation uh, here in Montana, they worked on the movie, helped kind of facilitate the movie's use of buffalo uh, and kind of talked about their conservation efforts uh, for the buffalo over the past many, many years. Uh, and that was a pretty fascinating kind of postscript to uh, kind of see the movie within that context. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, Butcher's Crossing is a new Nicolas Cage movie. Presumably, it will be the next Nick Cage movie released, and I think it will probably be out by the end of the year. Okay, but but I don't know when. 
<laughs> and it's like a, so Western, right? Yeah, so it takes place in the late 1800s. It's about this uh, guy who is, the actor was on The White Lotus. I'm not sure what his name is, but mm. uh, he, uh, this kid who uh, drops out of Harvard and wants to be a man and go out to the Old West and uh, encounters Nicolas Cage. And Nick Cage takes him on this uh, big expedition to hunt buffalo. Uh, ah. and, uh, then, and then the drama kicks in from there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, it's based on a novel, which I've heard the novel is uh, incredibly good. Um, but uh, yeah, Butcher's Crossing, the movie, uh, I have seen it, and uh, I'm sure you'll be hearing more about it in the weeks to come. So uh, theoretically, that episode will be coming out at some point in the near future. But I kind of just wanted to make note of it that like, hey, there's a new Nick Cage movie, and I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, uh, leading up to it, uh, I was talking to people, and I was like, there's only one Nick Cage movie I haven't seen, and it's the one I'm about to see right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they all loved that. Um, yes, 100%. And in a theater, too? That's very exciting. I'm sure this will be a VOD thing for me, so that's cool for you to get to see that in a theater. Yes, absolutely. We showed it twice at the Roxy during the Montana Film Festival. There was also a, there was a trivia event that uh, all the questions were curated by uh, Mike Emmons, friend of the podcast. He's been on Mike Mike Go to the Movies a few times. There was a Nick Cage round in the trivia thing. I was exempt from winning because I worked at the Roxy. Uh. Uh, so I, but but our team did win. We just didn't win any prizes. You got know? it, got it. Yeah, the Nick Cage round was he had a sheet of paper with 10 different Nick Cage faces and you had to match the face with the movie. Uh, and honestly, he tripped me up on a couple of them. Uh, really? I was, yeah, I got eight out of 10 right. I, I Interesting. missed, I missed Zondali. <laughs> Okay, oh, fair to miss, but with the hair and the mustache, how'd you, you know, miss that? That's uh, you know, the goatee. I, I I said raising Arizona just because of the mustache, but uh, uh, I, I felt stupid after I did. Fair. Uh, and then I also missed Trespass. Uh, Trespass, <laughs> Trespass your favorite Nick Cage movie? You missed. <laughs> I think favorite's a strong word, but a movie that I that I stumped for a little bit on the podcast, <laughs> uh, which I which I think I have said that was more of like a, a Stockholm syndrome kind of situation yes. where we were watching so many bad Nick Cage movies that one that had like the same kind of Gonzo energy that Trespass did. I was like, I gotta respect it, you know. I gotta, yeah, I gotta, yeah, yeah. I gotta give it some points. Uh, but yeah, I missed Trespass. I couldn't place that one. Uh, and I think I actually did think Trespass when I saw it, and I was like, that's too obscure for this. No one's gonna <laughs> like. Why would he put Trespass? On yeah, there? it's got Nicole Kidman in it. It does have Nicole Kidman and Ben Mendelsohn, if you'll recall. I do. Uh, Yes, before Ben Mendelsohn was really well known, which is kind of cool. But yeah, so I missed Trespass and Zandali, which was a bummer. But uh, yeah, there you go. I did get uh, some that others that others got wrong. Like everybody else got Bad Lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans wrong, and I was like, I got it, nailed it. <laughs> also got Color Out of Space, uh, which everybody else said was Mandy. I was like, that's Color Out of Space. You fucking look, losers. Look at that color. Look how purple that is. <laughs> there you go. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of briefly mention that at the top of this episode because you know obviously this is a Michelle Yeoh podcast, but it's also a Nicolas Cage and a Jeff Goldblum podcast. And so any kind of updates, any news on that kind of stuff, uh, we will have that for you here. So, yeah, I saw Butcher's Crossing and we'll talk about it at some point. TBD. TBD. But in the meantime, Mike, full disclosure, there was a little bit of a mix up here. Oh, yeah. You did a goof him up. I, I, I goofed it up a little bit. You know, we typically like to do this podcast in chronological order. Uh, and so for Cage and for Goldblum, we did that by American release date. Right. Uh, you can't really do that with Michelle Yeoh. So we've been using the Hong Kong dates, uh, at least for these early films. Uh, turns out the movie we're talking about today was actually released a month before the heroic trio, which oh. we talked about last week. So this should have been last week's episode. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but yeah, whoops are bad. It's only a month difference, you know, in, yeah. in, in our defense, Michelle Yeoh had six movies in 1993. <laughs> Crazy. So they're all coming out at around the same time regardless. And this week, we've got her first costume sword fighting film, a wuxia period piece with a kinetic energy that pairs her up with two other titans of Hong Kong cinema, Tony Leung and Donnie Yen. This week, 
We're talking Butterfly and Sword. So Butterfly and Sword stars Michelle Yeoh as Lady Ko, the leader of a group of assassins called the Happy Forest. Uh, it was the latest in a string of movies signaling Michelle Yeoh's big screen comeback, and I think actually kind of signals a pattern in the kinds of stuff that we've been seeing, because uh, in the past, Yo's movies, her action movies at least, had largely been with lesser known actors, right? Mm. You know, I mean, you had Yes, Madam, which was her first leading role. She's paired up with Cynthia Rothrock, her first movie. Royal Warriors, she's paired with Hiroyuki Sonata, who is a well-known Japanese actor, a little bit less well-known in Hong Kong. Uh, you got Magnificent Warriors, which has her as kind of a large, big ensemble, and she's kind of the center of it. Uh, but now she's working with major stars in every movie. You got Jackie Chan in Supercop. You got uh, Maggie Chung and Anita Moy in Heroic Trio. And now we've got her co-stars in Butterfly and Sword. And that includes Tony Leung, who uh, is just coming off of Hard Boiled and is about to make Chungking Express. Uh, he plays Meng Sing Wan, a member of Yo's Assassins that has grown tired of killing. Uh, and then you've got Donnie Yen, who had recently made movies like In the Line of Duty 4, Witness, part of the In the Line of Duty series. I think uh, I just saw that 88 Films announced they're putting out a Blu-ray of In the Line of Duty 4. Are they really? Like, I think today I saw they announced it, yeah. Nice. It's, it's you know, it, they got we got the Complete Works bump. I think that's what it is. Well, I like, think now, so. Now that we're doing this podcast, all these different, uh, you know, <laughs> Hong Kong action movies are getting the uh, the specialty Blu-ray treatment. <laughs> Maybe it was already happening before the podcast, but we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way for us to have confirmed that, so we're just going to assume it's us. But he had recently made that movie. He also had recently made Tiger Cage 2 and Iron Monkey. He plays Yip Chung, another assassin who is in love with Michelle Yeoh, although she has feelings for Tony Young's character. Oh. Uh, So there you go. But of course, Sing is in love with someone else, and that person is Butterfly, uh, who is played by Joey Wong, who also plays the main girl in City Hunter with Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. That's why she looks so familiar. Exactly. And uh, from there, you've got Jimmy Lin, a Taiwanese singer and race car driver. He plays Prince Cha. You've got Elvis Sui as Lord Suen Yung Pa, who is the guy that you think is the main bad guy until the fucking insane twist at the end. <laughs> Which we'll talk about, of course. So uh, Butterfly and Sword was written by Zhang Chong, a Hong Kong producer who produced the Infernal Affairs trilogy. Uh, and it was directed by Michael Mack, who also directed movies like Dragon Force and Everlasting Love. The movie was released in Hong Kong on January 16th, 1993. Over in the U.S., the number one movie at the box office was Disney's Aladdin, uh, which was in the box office last week, although, again, last week was a month from now. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the top ten includes A Few Good Men, Alive, Nowhere to Run, Body of Evidence, Scent of a Woman, Hua, uh, The Bodyguard, <laughs> Forever Young, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, and Chaplin, starring Robert Downey Jr., a lot of the same movies from last week, which is a month from now. Yes, exactly. I think January and February typically kind of quieter months at the box office, and especially they're more like, you know, award season stuff, catching up from last year, all that kind right. of thing. So the IMDb plot synopsis for Butterfly and Sword reads, Dynamo Michelle Yeoh stars as a loyalist who attempts to keep the king's empire from being overthrown by a revolutionary group. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, Dynamo Michelle Yeoh. That's a new one. That's, that's yeah, a new one for I like sure. That. Uh, so Butterfly and Sword, Mike, uh, what did you expect going into this movie and what are your overall thoughts? Um, going into it, I wasn't really um, entirely sure what to expect other than it was on YouTube. That's where we were able to find it. It's on YouTube. Um, and I had found it a couple months ago when we were getting everything prepped. Uh, on that listing, it's called like Wu-Tang Collection Butterfly and Sword. Right. Uh, 
And I was like, okay, I get it. Um, <laughs> that's, that kind of tells me everything I need to know about this kind of movie. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly familiar with like Wuja movies and stuff, but I know sort of the aesthetics or whatever, like the checklist of things that make it that kind of movie. Sure. So I was ready for that. Yeah, Butterfly and Sword is, I think, potentially very good and fun. However, we're watching a clearly VHS rip pan and scan 180p <laughs> kind of like garbage trash version on YouTube. Yeah. For a movie that has what look like beautiful costumes, deeply elaborate, lots of long trailing thi- like uh, capes and robes and and uh, headpieces and scarves and everything because it's very quickly edited. There's constant camera movement. I don't know who the fuck is who in 80% of the scenes because I literally can't make out the image that's on this YouTube version of it, which is very unfortunate because it looks like it's a lot of fun. Um, so, But even with all that, I kind of had a blast just watching, I think, Donnie Yen carve people into pieces that like <laughs> fly across the screen. But I don't know if it's Donnie Yen, and I don't know what he's using to do it. So it's like, yeah, that it's got that kind of, you know, this is no fault of the movie. It's just the circumstance of how we're watching it. It's unfortunate because I think this would be a lot of fun uh, if to get to see this in kind of like a clear, legible version. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, overall, I still had fun. I enjoyed it for the most part, and, and I think it's it's cool to see these kinds of movies that I don't even know if there's like an American equivalent to them. Like maybe the Western, but the Western is like we keep talking about in a lot of these episodes, like the American movies, the Western movies, movies made in the West. I don't know how to not, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. not the genre, you know what I mean? Uh, but are sort of like grounded in a believability and a realism and and like a suspension of disbelief only goes so far. But in these movies, in, in Wuja movies, uh, and what I think we're getting to in this kind of point in Michelle Yeoh's career for the 90s, it looks like just kind of like scrolling the titles on Wikipedia. We're doing wire foo, we're dancing across treetops. But I was having so much fun the way that this movie just accepts that for a fact. Like the, the, the scene where Butterfly like catches a falling baby bird and they're just like, woo. Like they're just, it's just like a thing that she's like, yeah, it doesn't like she can just fly, you know, like sure. it doesn't yep. matter. And like it's just kind of part of the world. And it's not like treated as a fantastical element that they, everybody has these abilities is what I was getting to uh, is, is wild. Yes. That's a, that is not something I knew happened in these movies. I thought it was like a great feat that they could all do this. And it's like really not, which is so much fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Everybody's just flying around. It's great. <laughs> they're all just flying everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoyed butterfly and sword despite having to watch it in this kind of really awful quality version on YouTube. Uh, and I think I would probably like it even a lot more, if I could tell who is who in any of the fight scenes. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. I I think this is the first Michelle Yeoh action movie that I'm not, like, overly enthusiastic on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know? But I still really enjoyed watching it. It's just not like, uh, you know, and I I think even if it was the the high, the remastered 4K version, whatever it was, which which should exist for this, I hope that happens at some point, 88 films, come on, what are you doing? (laughs) I think, uh, you know, even if that were the case, I think this movie would look a lot better, and I think just seeing the action would be a lot more helpful. I think the movie is still incredibly busy. I think it's borderline nonsensical and often very difficult to follow, which I think is saying something for these movies because a lot of them are kind of difficult to follow. But like, I feel like this one was a lot more so. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And maybe that's part of the trans. Maybe that's, you know, the VHS rip or whatever on YouTube. But uh, I do. I did think the action sequences were really fun, really inventive. And I think there's a solid chance I would have liked it more if I was watching a higher quality version of the film. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's the moment uh, we'll talk about, too, but where like I think it's Donnie and Michelle Yeoh like ambush these people in like a bamboo forest. And I think everything that's happening is really cool. 
because the final image of that sequence is like the most intense shit I've ever seen where they're just yeah. like all shredded up in the trees of the bamboo forest. Um, but if everything leading up to that was legible, it would probably be really cool. <laughs> yeah, we should also mention that uh, our version, uh, the version on YouTube is dubbed in English, right? Yes, so, uh, yeah. And I believe, I don't think that it is actually Michelle Yeoh's voice doing the English dubbing. I think it's somebody else. And I'm saying that, I, I believe, because she sounds different than she does in the dub for Supercop, uh, which I know for a fact she actually does do the dub for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do know that her and Jackie Chan did their own dubbing for that movie. Exactly, yeah. So I, I think it uh, may be like a different actor, like different actors doing the voices for Mm-hmm. Uh, the the performers in this in the English dub at least still I thought I thought Michelle Yeoh was very good in it I, like she's just just a great action presence uh, yeah. you know uh, and also wanted to give a shout out to the song at the end uh, over the end credits Michelle Yeoh does sing the song really that's Michelle Yeoh singing yeah what I didn't know that yeah so kind of a cool thing there too and apparently she like made an appearance on MTV to promote the movie with the song and all that kind of stuff uh, I looked around for that and couldn't find it but it's out there somewhere. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> uh, so yeah, kind of a cool thing there too. But uh, yeah, Michelle Yeoh, what'd you think of her in this movie, Mike? Yeah, I think she's doing a pretty good job um, for a movie, like you said, that is pretty impossible to follow for us, at least. Yeah, I think she's, I think the the kind of like tension between her and Butterfly is very fun and like catty and mean girly. Yeah, but the, like, uh, the passive aggression between the two of them is one of my favorite things in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a blast. Her and Donnie Yen. Yeah, I think, I think just she's, she's really great in it. I just kind of wish it was her you know if we were listening to the original audio track or whatever or it was um you know better quality but but yeah i think she does a really good job yeah i think she's good you know obviously we know very well at this point that she's great at action like she's yeah <laughs> proven that many times uh and she really delivers in all those action sequences uh i do sort of feel like her feelings for tony Lennox character kind of came off as like a little bit half-baked but i don't think that was in the performance i think it's because the movie is so busy yeah. That, uh, it barely has time for that, you know. <laughs> what if we spend ten minutes with these like child gangs? Like, oh, yeah. what, what is this? Like, and they don't really factor into the rest of the movie at all. I don't think, right? I don't think so. They're just there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's stuff like that where it's like oh, a, a weird choice but uh, yeah and I think she she does also manage to display a talent for comedy in this movie too and I think that's part of what, I, what the, uh, the passive aggressive complimenting back and forth uh, mm. between her and Butterfly uh, you mentioned that before but that scene I think is so good and just like them being like uh, it's like, oh, you know, you're so much older than me. I got so much wiser than like it was like, yeah, you know, that kind of like backhanded compliment sort of thing. They just keep doing to like to each other is is great. Like eating the sweets and being like, oh, these are pretty good. Like, oh, thanks. I baked them. They're terrible. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that whole that whole shtick is. Fun, yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, how, how do you think this fits into the Michelle Yeoh roles that we've seen so far, Mike? Well, I guess considering that last week was a month from now, it's the the inverse of what I said about a Heroic Trio last week, whereas it doesn't necessarily connect back to a lot of things, but I think it kind of sets the blueprint or template for a lot of movies we're going to see going forward, which I sort of talked about with the, you know, Heroic Trio has like a Wuja influence, even though that's like a superhero modern movie. Uh, but and this, I think, you know, that, that carries through between Butterfly and Sword and Heroic Trio. And I think some of the other ones that might come out be in this run in 96 or 93. What are your 90, 93 we're in 93, right now? Yeah. yeah. 96 in the US when those movies start coming out. Um, right. Is what I think. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it'll it'll be interesting to see that of how this kind of new role and, and 
genre and sort of what you were talking about before with her getting larger co-stars and or larger profile co-stars and stuff like that to see how this kind of sets the the groundwork for all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think this is also this is the second time that Michelle Yeoh has been in a period piece. I wanted to throw that out there. Of course, Magnificent Warriors uh, being the first time. And I think kind of as mentioned before, I think it's really interesting just in the way that this movie uses Michelle Yeoh and I think the way she's using this movie as part of her kind of post-retirement comeback. I mean, you look at you know, she comes back with Police Story 3. That's like the first movie that comes out with Michelle Yeoh in it after she returns. She just jumps right back into making a million movies. I mean, yeah. like we said, she has six movies in 93. She's got a couple more in 94. And this is really like the most prolific period of Michelle Yeoh's career. But uh, I think she's working with a lot of other big name stars as kind of a way to like shortcut her way back into the top mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Where, uh, you know, if she had just made like a Michelle Yeoh movie on her own after a five-year absence, might not have had that same success. But if you pair up with Jackie Chan, you pair up with Tony Young, you have uh, a little bit more of a, you know, more of a cultural awareness. They're like, hey, Michelle Yeoh's back. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeoh's back and it's better than ever. Um, exactly. And, and it's interesting looking back at them now, because it's like, oh, these people are in Michelle Yeoh movies <laughs> now, like in retrospect, <laughs> or at least in the wet, in, in America and stuff for us. Um, right. So that's a fun, a fun little switcheroo that's happened. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's fun looking at like, looking at the stuff to come. And it's like, she really like worked with almost every like major Hong Kong action star that was like in this uh, era of filmmaking, which is pretty awesome. We'll be covering a lot of that in, in the weeks to come. Uh, and all of a lot more complete works, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we're covering all of it for the complete works. Uh, and yeah, a lot of uh, reunions will be happening pretty soon. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was uh, just listening back to our Heroic Trio episode and how you were talking about how Maggie Chung is going to be like the first five-timer, which I, and I wonder how many five-timers we're going to get. I think That's it's going to be a lot. That, that is a great question, and uh, we will find that out in the weeks to come. I don't know for sure that she'll be the first five-timer, but uh, I, I know that she is going to be in five movies. Okay. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but all right, so let's start running it down. Scene by scene. Let's talk Butterfly and Sword. There's two of them. There's a, there's there's a Butterfly. There's a character named Butterfly, and there's also swords in this movie, and I believe that's where the title comes from. There must have been somebody. Oh, well, he's got to choose between butterfly and being a swordsman uh-huh. it's all coming together mike yes there analysis. you go mike hashtag of analysis course. it shouldn't it be butterfly or sword well he has both <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough uh so yeah let's start running it down and uh, i feel like this might be a shorter episode just because like this movie so much happens in a, such a short amount of time in this movie like and you just kind of quickly move on to the next scene so i like could barely write down notes i was like just <laughs> Just scribbling. Here we go. Ready? It's people ambushed in the forest. People talk about it. People ambushed in the forest. People talk about it. People ambushed in the forest. People talk about it. People ambushed in a courtyard. Uh, people talk about it. Uh, some yeah. kids beat up another kid. They get married. It's over. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Mike. I, I got that's it. it. Yeah. We, can, we, can, we can shut this down early. <laughs> Our shortest episode since Life Story, the movie you didn't watch. <laughs> Look, we don't have to keep bringing that up. But I did not watch Life Story, The Race for the Double Helix. You're right. Right. Yeah. Starring Jeff Goldblum. You did watch it the next week and do like a quick recap of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So the movie opens. Uh, you have Tony Leung's character, Sing, and uh, he is disrupting some kind of package delivery. He beats up a bunch of dudes. There's one moment where he takes a crossbow and puts his sword in there and shoots the sword at a horse. Yeah. Uh, and it rules. <laughs> it's incredible. Sure. I'm in. <laughs> Like, once that happens, like, all right, 
this movie doesn't need to do anything else. I'm like, I've, I'm already satisfied with, with butterfly and sword. And the guy he's shooting it at, like leans forward and fires like the flags out of his back, like as a spears. I don't know. It's weird as hell. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's, he's fighting all these guys. And I think eventually takes one of them hostage. And uh, Michelle Yeoh flies in is also literally flies like literally. Oh yeah. Like literally flies in like from the treetops, I believe decapitates people with her sleeves, like yes. the sleeves of her shirt. Like she just like uses it as a weapon and like chops off people's heads with it. Yeah. Very crazy. <laughs> yes. Uh delightful. Absolutely great. Surprisingly gory for one of these movies. I feel like there's movies that we've seen so far like are violent, of course. You know, it's people <laughs> get trio. Yeah. <laughs> Stick a nail in a baby's head, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I wasn't I forgot all about that. Um <laughs> But I was thinking of the like girls with guns movies and then the magnificent warriors and like, you know, we're mowing people down with turrets and stuff, but it's like, they're all sort of relatively bloodless. I feel like. And in this one, like people getting decapitated by sleeves, we got people being just carved and blown up into pieces. And like, you see all the pieces go flying and stuff like that. So it's like, it's very gory. <laughs> Absolutely. And so she decapitates these people. Uh, and then she starts talking to sing and like, they, they've like, you know, reconvened and she's kind of talking to him and they have like this, like, sort of flirtatious relationship it seems like although he calls her sister at one point and i was like oh she's like literally his sister and yeah. then later you find out she's like that she adopted him like it's like an adoption situation one of them right. Was adopted right <laughs> yeah yeah and they're like definitely coming on to each other at the beginning and he, or he's calling her sister and i was like yeah. i don't know how, how's this going what is yeah. this about and she's like you know making like making jokes like oh like he's like i think taking a bath or something or like he's not taking yeah. a bath but he's, he's like you know naked and she's like oh like nothing i haven't seen before ho 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 like you know that yeah <laughs> he's like please sister and i was like wait a second uh but so you know they're talking and stuff and uh he mentions butterfly and uh she's like oh that you're still seeing butterfly like she hates that butterfly. ho <laughs> she's one second away from saying that <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so she hates Butterfly, and then she kills the guard that uh, he has captured. Lou is the name of the guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and she takes the head of the card and br- the guard and brings it to the master of this movie. Uh, I'm just going to say Evil Master, which is just the b- bad guy from Heroic Trio, uh, which, like, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah, I think he's like a king or something, right? Or so- or, or yes. a prince or so. I don't really know. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I guess I guess calling him Evil Master is a spoiler for the end of the movie, but we'll mm. talk about that. I believe his name is Eunuch Lee, actually. Oh uh, yes, is, is how he's referred to. And so she brings the guard's head to Eunuch Lee, and uh, Lee reveals to Yo that uh, he is incredibly sick and he is dying, and his last wish is for Michelle Yo to kill Suen Yuk Pa. The like throne room that he's got is like this giant like dragon thing, right? And he's yes. like a million miles away from her while they're talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All the way in the back of the room. Yep. Cool. Just yeah. cool. What Gives if, the Iron Throne a run for its money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just make every decision based on hashtag aesthetics and I'm there, you know? Right. Yeah. It's like this giant, like, kind of stone dragon and he's just, like, laying down on it, like, just, like, feeble and weak and, like, can yeah. barely speak to her. And it's like, my final wish is for you to kill my worst enemy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But basically, it kind of establishes that Michelle Yeoh is an assassin for this guy. And she just, like, throws the head. And there's also the scene where she walks in the courtyard and the guy's, like, playing keep away with all the girls with the, ball, with the like, rubber ball or whatever. Right. The, the prince. This the is Prince, Prince Cha. Yeah. That's right. Who has this like scene where like Yo takes the ball from him and he's like, you know, oh, give me my ball back. Ha ha ha. Uh, and then he disappears until the climax of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And the ball is relevant to the plot and the climax. Yes. It's it's important that we have this scene with the ball in it because it's gonna come back later. <laughs> it's gonna come back big time. Um 
which is hilarious. But yeah, I mean, this, this this whole moment is just you know just kind of made me thinking about Michelle Yeoh, like, and um, how important dance was for her till she had her back injury and stuff. Because um, that's all this is is just people dancing with the ball and the, the sure. robes and all that stuff, and it looks cool as hell. We just spend a long time doing it. Which, we spend know, a really long time doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so you have the scene with the prince and, you know, he's like, I, I think when this guy, I guess the, the guy on the throne is probably his father uh, yeah. or whatever. And but he's just like, I don't want to rule. I just want to be a fun prince, you know, fun loving guy, <laughs> you know? which like if I was a prince, that's what I fuck that. That's what I yeah. want to do. Oh, yeah. That's 100 percent how you would be. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we meet the prince. He'll come back later. Uh, <laughs> we have a scene where someone infiltrates like an evil villain lair. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, slices up some bodies and stuff and then leaves. Uh, I don't remember who Isn't it was. Isn't that Donnie that, Yen? I think that's Donnie Yen. It, it might be Donnie Yen. I feel like uh, I, I never like got introduced to Donnie Yen's character. He just kind of showed up. Um, I think it's that scene. Uh, so that might be it. I, I feel like it was difficult to see through the YouTube videos. That was probably what happened. <laughs> yeah. And he's just carving dudes with his yes. sword. Yeah, slicing up bodies left and right. It's pretty cool. And then meanwhile, you see Sing on a date with Butterfly, and he's taking her to his secret place. They're so madly in love, Mike. Yes, they are. But then we discovered that Donnie Yen's character, Yip, is in love with Michelle Yeoh. And he's talking to Sing about it. And, you know, Sing, of course, is dating Butterfly. He has no feelings for Michelle Yeoh. He wants Yip to tell Michelle Yeoh. And he's like, if you're not going to do it, then I'm going to do it. They kind of tussle about it, and uh, Yip gets knocked out somehow. (laughs) I kind of forget how he gets knocked out. Me neither. I don't really remember. Yeah, he just somehow gets knocked out, and uh, when he wakes up, Michelle Yeoh is caring for him. There's a lot going on, and I don't even quite remember. I think it's very long from now, the scene that I next remember. Um, when Singh is, like, leaving on his journey, and he writes, like, the mile-long note to Butterfly. Yes. Yeah, so that's actually, that, that is coming up in just a second. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. so I think you're, 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 in the, you're in the right space. You're here. But yeah, we have a scene after this where like, you know, Yip and Yo are talking and, you know, Yip's trying to tell Michelle Yo that he has feelings for her, but she's like, I think oh, she, yes. mentioned, she mentioned something about liking Sing and he's like, oh, shucks. Like, like <laughs> damn, he's friend-zoned, basically. <laughs> I love Donnie Yen so much. I mean, I love Tony Young too, but I, I think Donnie Yen, especially a few years ago, just had like a really big moment in American cinema. Yeah. Uh, because of Rogue One where he was like, he's I think he's easily the best part of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And then like a month later, he was in Triple X 3, there were turn as Andrew Cage and he yeah. kills it in that yeah. movie. He's so good. That, uh, that plane fight scene in triple X three. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, and he's going to be in John Wick four. Uh, That's which right. It's very exciting. Yeah. So Donnie Yen's a little upset about this whole thing. Uh, meanwhile, you see uh sing catching fish for butterfly. They're like having, you know, they have, they live in like this idyllic home, like on the, on the water in the middle of the woods and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they have like, you know, witty banter, like, Oh, huh, what's that smell? Did you fart? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, a couple stuff. <laughs> exactly, which was pretty funny. Uh, there's a there's a funny moment where she's like, like, oh, like he's like packing for his trip, and she like, I was like, are you gonna need these books? And he like hands the hands of the books, and just like a bunch of drawings of naked women. And he's like, ah, oh, uh, yeah, I am gonna need these. Books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because because I forgot she Sing is obviously also an assassin swordsman person, and uh, Butterfly's father was. And yes. she like made Sing swear to not ever do this or doesn't know that he is. I forget exactly the context, but he's hiding that he's an assassin yes. and that he's a merchant as far as she knows. Yeah, exactly. And so he's he's going off on this trip and it's like, you know, one last job sort of thing. He's going right. to kill the people from Michelle Yeoh, but then he's out. And so she thinks, yeah, he's going to go off and sell some wares and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because there's a funny like gag where she's like, well, when you're as you're a merchant, like 
make sure to bring me back these newfangled things called brassiers or whatever. Yes. It's like a pretty funny bit. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, his, I see. Like looking at the drawing of her. Yeah. His eyes pop out of his head like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically which is great and then yeah and then he leaves this like incredibly long letter for her yeah uh, at, this like, is very funny yeah he leaves like in the middle of the night but like leaves this letter and so you see her kind of reading it and you have his voiceover uh describing it and it's very funny it's a very charming uh little scene it's it's great and you know i love that like you know it starts like uh, here are these things i need you to do while i'm gone number one this number two this three Stop eating that. I know you're eating it right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, ah, and she like, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And the camel like, like it turns to the side a little bit and you see it rolls out into the next room. Like the yes. letter is so long. Very, like just mwah. perfect, you know? Yeah. Very delightful. And so Singh leaves the letter and then he goes, uh, and then I think he and Michelle Yeoh are trying to find the bad guy in this town festival. There's a big sword fight in the city, right? Is that what's happening yeah. here? And they like fake his death, right? question mark is that uh, later on i don't remember <laughs> i'm not sure honestly because <laughs> they definitely fake his death and that's how he's able to like get in the posse of the villain guy because he's pretending right. to be somebody else because they think he's dead but i don't really remember because there's so much happening and exactly. it's not clear li- visually literally the screen is not clear um but a big force big sword fights cool shit i don't know people flipping yeah, that's I mean, it. that's that's all I got. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. And then after this is the uh, passive-aggressive scene between Michelle Yeoh and Butterfly. Butterfly, right. like, goes to visit Michelle Yeoh, and she's like, oh, you know, Sing's out on his trip, and I thought maybe talking to you, you know, you're you're like, you you were like his babysitter, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, like, they're sniping back and forth at each other uh, until eventually Butterfly reveals that uh, she's actually pregnant with Sing's baby. Yes, big twist. Yes, exactly. And Michelle Yeoh... Not happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's her man, Mike. You understand. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And so you have that kind of information out there. My my next note is spears thrown in forest, yo kicks. And (laughs) (laughs) that could be literally any movie we've talked about. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think this is the scene I was talking about where um, they get this information that like these people will be passing through. Uh, like members of the villain's crew, you know, one of those things. We're right. passing through this forest, and Donnie Yen and Michelle Yeoh ambush them, and it's the bamboo shoots, and they're cutting these guys apart, and they're, like, slicing and dicing, and this whole crazy thing. Yep. Um, and then the final image, like I talked about before, is just, like, this kind of wide shot of the trees up in the bamboo forest, which is bodies everywhere. And it's cool as hell. I don't really know how it connected or what happened because of it, but it looked neat. Sure looked neat. Absolutely. Michelle, (laughs) yo kicked, you know? Yo kicked. Absolutely. She did. Uh, (laughs) And then there's a moment where uh, Donnie Yen saves Butterfly from the burning house. Yes, Uh, yes. Like, I I think it's their idyllic country home has been, like, Tony Leung has been targeted, and, you know, somebody torches the house and Butterfly's inside. Donnie Yen saves her. And then Michelle Yo sends a ninja lady, whose name is Ho, into the city uh, to assassinate somebody or to steal something, and she gets killed. Yeah, I think I think because they've been showing like them passing like secret notes to each other, like uh, mission updates, and like Michelle Yeoh's always burning them, kind of thing. One of them gets discovered or something is why they burn the idyllic hut down, and then yeah, Ninja Lady uh, gets killed in the in the city. Yes, and Tony the Young finds her, right? He's the one who like finds her, and he's like upset about it. And so 
at this point, uh, you see Michelle Yeoh in like a bath of flowers. She has, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, just like this like huge kind of bath area that's like covered in flower petals. And uh, Sing comes in, Tony the Young, and he confronts her. And uh, she tries to seduce him a little bit. Drops her robe and like shows him, shows him her back. And it's like, it's like, aren't I a woman to you? Or that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, just real hot stuff. Yes. Yeah. And Michelle, and I think Michelle Yeoh does a great job here. And Tony Young is, you know, kind of shocked about it. But he quits the group. He is out of the assassin world. No more. He's done. While this is happening, uh, Donnie Yen shows up, like kind of see, like just peers into the window, and he sees them together, and like it's it's that moment where she like kind of takes down her robe, and he's like, ah, oh, they are together, and he just starts angrily swinging his sword in the forest. Yeah, <laughs> I love the sound his sword makes. It's just I don't know. It's just cool. It's a very satisfying sound. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But dude, it's like the equivalent of like the footloose like punch dancing scene. <laughs> Yeah, it but absolutely it's not, but it's is. You're Donnie right. Yen just slicing his sword at the forehead. <laughs> You're 100 percent correct. <laughs> so yeah, so he thinks that uh, Yo and Sing are together. He's mad about it. He goes to visit Butterfly. They kind of drink and commiserate together a little bit. You know, she she's upset that Sing is gone. He does. I don't think he says anything about it about Sing and Yo. Um, I don't think so. He doesn't really. It doesn't seem like he has any actual intentions toward Butterfly either. He just like wants somebody to drink with. <laughs> yeah, he just wants a friend. Yeah, just wants a friend, wants to hang out. And so Yip uh, is visiting Butterfly. They drink together. And she's like, you know, you would be great with women if you just, like, you learn to listen more. You learn to smile a little bit. You know, she kind of gives him, like, some confidence pointers. Yeah. And it's just Donnie Yen in a big, weird wig. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good. Uh, And then there's this uh, meeting that's happening between, like, you know, the bad, like, all the bad guys are, like, meeting, like, you know, this big secret meeting conglomerate thing or whatever. Michelle Yeoh's team infiltrates it and Michelle Yeoh and Donnie Yen, I believe, uh, fight through that whole crowd. Doesn't Sing like get betrothed to somebody in the crew also, like from the evil Lord guy? Yes, yeah. I don't really remember how, because he's he's assumed this new person's identity because he pretends to be, he's pretending to be dead. And I don't remember exactly what happens or why, but it's like a conflict, like, oh no, but he's butter, but butterfly, but he has to, for the sake of the mission. And I don't know how that fits in the timeline. Uh, you know what? I think I, I understood less of this movie than I even thought I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, and it's also interesting too, because this kind of reminds me of a uh, police story three super cop, which also has an undercover angle to it. Right. Uh, and also confused the two of us greatly. I think <laughs> maybe we're just dumb. Maybe that could just be it. We could just be dummies. Uh, yeah. But that's okay. Uh, we still got some butterfly and sword to get through. So, uh, yeah, at some point, I guess he may get married or he's betrothed. He's engaged to be married, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Singh ends up slicing through the bad guy. So this sure. is like, this is like, you know, Singh's last mission. He's done. He's out. He slices through Suik Young Pa. I believe he kills him, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, isn't there, I guess now I'm remembering the very beginning of this movie and how it relates to the end, but we'll get there. Yes, yeah, so uh, basically, like, Michelle Yeoh and Singh, I think. Uh, I think Donnie Yen's also there, too. I, th- I think it's just Michelle Yeoh and Singh. They go back to their master, the, yeah. to the emperor, whoever his name is. Uh, they report back to him. They have the head of Suen Yuk Pa, and we killed him. Uh, and then it's like, ah, oh, good, you killed my enemy for me. And now I'm the bad guy all along. Ha, 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 ha. Like, just like. <laughs> Doesn't he, like, rip his face off, right? He, 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 like, becomes some kind of, like, insane creature. Yeah, yeah true, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he may rip his face. Like, it's just the complete 180 that character goes through in the span of, like, a split second. Uh, <laughs> where, you know, he he's suddenly, like, the most evil person that's ever existed. And this was actually, like, his way of, like, getting rid of all martial artists or something. Like, it's just some insane thing that comes out of nowhere. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, at least the evil master in the heroic trio was there the entire movie. Like, you knew he was the evil master, right? Yeah, and he lived in the sewers, you know? He lived in the sewers. Like, it's not that big of a stretch to think he might be fighting a skeleton later, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this guy was just like a feeble old man, and suddenly he's, like, flying through the air. Yeah. And he's like, ah! <laughs> but the best part is it's fun, though. Like, who... It's, yes! It's That's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. It is It is a blast. And so this is, like, the final battle of the movie. When they kill Suen Yung Pa, I'm like, oh, God, the movie's over. Like, the movie's ending. And now we have this whole extra fight that to get through with this with this master that has betrayed them. So, and also at this point, the prince jumps in. The guy the guy with the ball. Yeah, yeah, he shows up. <laughs> he jumps in and like, oh, father. And he like is fighting him with the ball. He's using the ball to attack the guy. <laughs> yeah, and one of them's like iron or something, right? And he like bashes his face in. He's yes. like, ha ha, you fool. That was the iron ball. And you're like, where'd that come from? What? <laughs> Yes, the master has like an eagle claw that he like uses to scratch people. Uh, Michelle Yeoh ends up getting hit pretty hard, I think, during this fight. She gets like, you know, very badly injured. Uh, And then the prince gets smashed with a giant pole, like a giant, like like a pillar. (laughs) Like a, yeah, like a big pillar that like kind of smashes him through a wall. Yeah, they're still like fighting off the master. And then the master gets thrown off a cliff. I think Singh is like throws him off a cliff. Yeah, I forgot all about the like claw thing because that's been throughout the movie. I think somebody else had it and that's oh, really? what wounded Donnie Yen. Yeah, yes. it's yeah, happened yeah, a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But then it's a surprise claw from the evil master. <laughs> It's just such an insane, like it's, it happens so suddenly and it's so insane when it happens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's terrific. Um, but they throw the master off a cliff. He is dead. So we think, and he's gone. And the prince, he's like, Oh, I'm too cool to rule. I think I'll just leave. So long friends. And he like backflips away. Yeah. He jumps on a motorcycle and <laughs> runs away. Um, no, I'm just thinking of the surprise robot lobster claw from that one deadfall (laughs) deadfall yeah that 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 image just came back to me fair enough fair enough but yeah so the the prince had his one scene at the beginning he had his one scene here and now he's gone he's just out of the movie yeah and like he's just like he's too cool to rule he's not gonna like take his father's place so he's just gonna leave and i guess the city will go into chaos like whatever (laughs) whatever happens yeah uh, or maybe Michelle Yeoh will take over. That's a possibility. So they, he leaves. Sing and Butterf- Butterfly shows up and sings like, oh, Butterfly. And they reunite. Mm-hmm. But the master is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. He jumps back from the cliff. <laughs> and he's like, he's just like, will, like wisping in the wind. Like his cloak is flying through. And he tries to attack them. But then Donnie Yen shows up and kills the master. He like explodes him or something or slices through the clothes or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, in a world where people can just fly, I guess, why would you think throwing him off a cliff would kill him? This is a great, this is a great point. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> that said, though, it's pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> it was, just, it was. Very funny. <laughs> he shows up like the deadite at the end of Evil Dead 2. In, in, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what he was like the entire... Yeah, that's exactly. He's a deadite. <laughs> yeah. uh, Just follow your soul. Ah! <laughs> come get some. Um, yes. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, a, a delight. But uh, Donnie Yen kills the master. He's actually officially dead now. Uh, and then Michelle Yeoh looks at Sing and Butterfly as they like embrace. And uh, Michelle Yeoh looks sad and then the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. Poor Michelle Yeoh. Yes. The movie ends right there. And that seems like, you know, uh, in keeping with these very abrupt Hong Kong movie endings kind of makes sense. But, Mike, what if I told you? No. There's an alternate ending. Oh. To, what? 
to this movie. There is an alternate ending to, I to, you were to Butterfly s- and Sword. I thought you were going to say there's like a post credit scene or something. Oh, no, like, no, Those no. were invented by, in 1993? <laughs> People did that? I mean, very rarely, but they did exist. But yeah, yeah no, there's yeah. not a post credit scene. This is not a hideaway situation. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. No, this is a, there was an alternate ending to this movie uh, that was uh, for the release in Taiwan. Huh. Uh, and basically, it just kind of continues after that moment for like an extra minute. Interesting. Uh, so I, I, the alternate ending is on YouTube. I watched it. Uh, so basically, Michelle Yeoh is looking at uh, Sing and Butterfly. She looks sad. And then she turns away. She jumps off the cliff to kill herself. What? But Donnie Yen jumps down after her and saves her, and they kiss underwater. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's incredible. Yes. And I actually think it's a better ending than the, yeah. the version that's on YouTube. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, it's just so like it's literally just exactly the same until but it just extends the scene by like an extra 30 seconds to 45 seconds yes yeah, that's wild yes. uh, that's what movies are for yeah absolutely uh it's just so wild but like when i was watching the alternate ending i saw that it existed and i was like oh i'll check this out uh and i saw that like, michelle yo's alternate ending was like she jumps off a cliff i was like what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But and then I was like, before Donnie Yen goes in and saves her, I was like, is that they cut that out of Hong Kong so that it like sort of had a happy ending, maybe? Like, yeah. Like, uh, but then Donnie Yen saves her and all as well. So yeah, I do actually think that is the better ending of the movie. Interesting, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, super wild. Um, but that is Butterfly and Sword. Yeah, I think we uh, fumbled our way through that for the most part. <laughs> I think we did okay. I think we did all right. I mean, you know, like we said, this is a very uh, difficult movie to follow, and I think we followed it to the best of our ability. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, but let's get into some letterbox reviews, Mike. Let's see what the people have to say yes. about Butterfly and Sword. Uh, here's a three-and-a-half-star review from Invincible Asia. You have to ask yourself one question. Does a movie where Michelle Yeoh decapitates a dozen people with an overlong scarf and shows her naked back sound like a fun time? Or does a movie where Tony Leung fires himself out of the bow he's holding and blasts through his foes like an explosive arrow sound like a fun time? (laughs) Butterfly and Sword is not as bonkers as the absolutely insane holy weapon. We'll talk about that movie soon. Uh, But when it comes to over-the-top, violent, hilarious, and crazy creative wuxia of the early 90s, it definitely makes for a damn entertaining watch. And I even saved mentioning that Donnie Yen plays the third lead of Butterfly and Sword for the last sentence, which is fair. Uh, here's a three and a half star review from Justin DeClue. Ching Siu Tung's presence is so felt in the movie that he choreographed that he really should have gotten co-director credits, uh, which he was the action choreographer of mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, like every 90s wuxia, this is an overstuffed mess that features sights you have never seen before or since on screen, as well as the plot of a season of television compressed into 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't always know what was going on, but I did like it when the fighters exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, yes. I, I think that's exactly correct. That's, that's how we reacted to this movie. Uh, here's a three-star review from Simon Lang. With a running time of less than 80 minutes, the characters and their motivations are never fleshed out enough to enliven the story or give the action some substance. However, the set pieces by action director Cheng Siu Tung uh, of a Chinese ghost story trilogy are outrageously bonkers, even for Hong Kong wuxia fantasy standards. The choppy editing is somewhat of a distraction, though, but the gravity-defying choreography and some macabre violence make up for that. Here's a two-star review from Shield Agent. I don't think he is. It's actually an agent from S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think it's just a username. (laughs) Uh, In no other movie will you see Tony Young raise a bow, reach behind his back to pull the string of the bow with a sword knocked on it, and then shoot a full sword at a man on horseback. (laughs) (laughs) That really is the standout moment. It really, like, peaks very early there, I think. Uh, And here's a four-star review from Ciara. This is the last one. 
it's about time someone told physics where to shove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, yeah, that is butterfly and sword we did it and uh like we said it's available on youtube it's a uh, you know not the best quality and it's dubbed but you know if it's the only option available to you then it's i think it's worth checking out yeah yeah i think i think uh this would be fun if there's like a dvd of it or something like that to get at least be able to see the clip <laughs> the images and stuff but even overcoming yeah or, or rather the movie even itself overcomes that poor youtube dub quality everything and it's exactly. still fun so yeah, Butterfly and Sword, pretty big surprise, I think, for us. Yes, and absolutely. And I think we're still in the strongest stretch of movies we've ever had on The Complete Works. And yeah. uh, that's a pretty awesome thing. That's pretty nuts. Uh, all right, so I think that's going to wrap things up for this week. Mike, where can we find you online? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is ko-fi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Plural, because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. W-R-K-S. No O in the word works. Uh, and you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, like all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. Uh, join us next week on The Complete Works, in which Michelle Yeoh stars in another Wuxia, Holy Weapon, uh, mm. which was alluded to in one of the Letterbox reviews. Uh, and this one sounds like it's going to be a last. Maggie Chung also in this movie, by the way, Mike. So uh, we got that going for us, too. Hell yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so that'll be happening next week. And remember to check out our other podcast, uh, Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, for all kinds of other movie-related stuff, including recent releases, ranked lists, general discussions, and more. We're doing the Guest Makes Mike Scream series this month, uh, so definitely check that out. Yes, yeah, lots of fun having guests come on, make us watch spooky, air quotes, spooky movies. Uh, we've been having yes. a little loosey-goosey goofiness this, this uh, year, and it's been a fun time. Absolutely. All right, thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. Yo.